So I remember I wanted to be a magician when I was a little kid. And of course, one of my all time. When, if you would ask me when I was a kid that that what, what do you want to well, what do you want to be when you grow up? I said Spider Man. <laughs> and and I I for me Spider Man was completely real because I mean and there was there was there was this logic that is. There's no, there's no holes there. It's, 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 it's solid logic. Yeah. Spider, and I tell you, Spider-Man lives in New York, and I knew that New York is real. So that means Spider-Man is real. <laughs> but then there was this one incident on my birthday, and it must have been my seventh or sixth birthday. Mm. Uh, and I'm born in February, so in Finland it is quite icy and cold and snow within so i i had my birthday and and i i mean my parents and and other like older people were inside you know having coffee or whatever yeah and me and another kid who was like a who was a guest at the birthday party we went outside and i climbed on our you know on, on the stairs of our i mean the the ladder of our house and I just decided that I'm, you know, on the roof, that I, I climbed on the roof and I, I, I decided that I'm just going to come down as a Spider-Man because I thought that I can do it. I could not do it. So I fell, obviously, because my hands didn't stick to yeah. the wall. So, so that birthday ended up me being in an ambulance rushed in an, to the emergency room with three of my ribs broken and my lung collapsed and all that shit, oh, you know, geez. and then it's like, oh, fuck. So it didn't work. I, you know, my imagination was so strong that I thought that, of course, I can do it. If I really, if I really want it, if I really believe it, it will happen. It did not. So that was, a, that was my, I, that is the, that is the hardest lesson I've ever learned. That is like, fuck. So this, it doesn't work the way that I, and probably around that time I realized, oh, Spider-Man isn't real either. Maybe there's a chance that he's not real. <laughs> Tommy's imagination and creativity have been heavily impacted by his interests and hobbies. This was one of the topics of our discussion last time, and from his childhood we covered different aspects of his life up to the point of Lordy's first officially released track, Inferno, on the 1995 compilation CD, Rock Morska. The music video for this track featured some of the visual elements that would be seen in the band Lordy in years to come. That can be said because one of the masks in this video would go on to form part of Kalma's costume. Kalma was of course the basis of Lordi between 2002 and 2005. That mask and the idea behind Lordi's visual element and costumes weren't just thought up. They came from a dream Tommy had one night. And that's where we begin today. From True Metal Podcast, I'm Matthew Kessie, and this is Monsters of Rock, The Lordy Story. 
You're listening to episode two, prologue, the first lineup. probably 95 or something so i had a lot of things going on already it wasn't until that dream that i that i had that i have decided oh fuck you know i I had yeah and i still remember the dream i was at a gig in a dream looking at the stage there's a small club whatever in a few hundred people there and there's a there's a band on stage and the main character is a guy who looks like a skeleton who you, you and, and like a real skeleton like a you know like Galma basically yeah. and playing a guitar and singing and and I was like and and I remember that the next day that dream didn't leave me alone I was like okay that I want to see that that's that that looks so cool why isn't there a band that looks like a fucking you know you know why isn't there a band that is that is formed by people who look like Freddy Krueger and Jason Voorhees and Leatherface, there yeah. should be a band like that, for fuck's sakes, yeah. you know. You know, and, and and I mean, even though Keith and Alice and Twisted Sister, they come close, but they, but I mean, I wanted to see like real monsters, like real monsters, you know, on stage. Yeah. And uh, when I saw the video, when I had all my friends that I dressed up as monsters and did all these masks and shit, and I looked like, okay. If, Fuck! I mean, I am the worst-looking dude in the video. It should be the other way around. <laughs> and that's that. That was the that was the thing. That fuck. Okay. If yeah, that's that's how it should be. I should be the guy wearing those masks. Okay. And I, I, I and I I cannot be sure anymore if the dream was around that time. But I would say the dream was there before. Hmm. I, I I I'm pretty sure that I saw that dream, like long time before that when i see that video um the character who's on the horse and then makes the deal with those that is calma it is the mask yeah it is the same mask but then that, that once again that that is that is the different different uh, storyline of of what i did when i was a kid so because me and Peter risk the film director yeah and also the other better too and, and they pretty much i mean we gathered all of our friends uh, you know, and we started doing these home videos or films, as we call them. Mm. Uh, and, and and that started already in 90, uh, 1986, when my father turned 50 and he got himself a video camera. So okay. we started doing these these films like immediately. Right. And uh, mm, and at that time, I was already doing the makeup, the monster things. And then, of course, you know, what would be better than uh, have a fucking tool to actually do something, do your own horror films, you know? So, uh, so by that time, uh, when the Inferno was done, it's, it's like, uh, we had already done years and years of these, uh, videos or films or whatever, yeah. short films. And, and, and then Kalma Mask was one of those masks that I did uh, for um, um, for one of our horror films, you know, that, I, that we did. So, but it was, a, it was a cool mask because it was actually something that it was one size fits all. So you could, anybody could put it on, on their head and open the jaws and it looked cool. So okay. it was, 
you know, it was originally made for, uh, uh, I don't remember her name, but it was, it, it was a girl that we got for the, for our film who was really tall and skinny, you know, like a model type girl who actually wound up modeling afterwards, by the okay. way. So, you know, so, you know, the body type then. So, yeah. so because we wanted to have a skeleton kind of character that is tall and skinny and, you know, yeah. so it was done. The mask was done for her. Right. And um, then years later, uh, I used it on the Inferno video because I mean, I mean, I had this cool mask, so I don't have to do all the, all the masks. Like I don't have to do new masks for everything I do. So, uh, you know, so it was, it was, it, it was just like very clear that I'm going to use that because I wanted to have this like a uh, death character on the Inferno video. So, okay, I have this masks already, mask already existing. So, so I guess, and I actually don't even have to guess because I, I remember that the, that the, that the person who is inside the Kalma mask there on the Inferno video is actually a riding instructor who rode the horse, you oh, know, a girl. Okay, right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. This dream and Lordy's love of horror movies and visually strong characters ultimately went on to shape the image and presentation of the band. It is from this moment of the completion of the Inferno music video that the work began on the Lordy we know today. The Monster Squad was soon to become a reality. What better way to move forward then than to talk to the first costumed member of the band? Outside of Lordi himself, of course. That being Sammy Kainanen, a.k.a. G-Stealer. sort of knew Tommy because well mostly because of all, all the kiss stuff yeah. and he was doing uh, some horror movies with his friends and I think I probably met some of some of about Pete Rizky who's been directing also some of the music videos yeah stuff with those movies 
many years already and he was getting very good with that so uh, and of, uh, of course that kiss and I, I would think probably the Michael Jackson thriller must be one of his biggest inspirations uh, I, I would say so at least yeah. and, and uh, when he told me about this I was I, I was very excited about it right away so it was very easy to say yes like of course definitely uh, I was studying at the time and so it was it was really really perfect for me like I was totally on board right away I mean he had a bunch of drawings he's been he had done for cheese dealer and costume and I would say uh, that my costume was the very first one he did. Uh, we were in, in his parents' house and he had a sort of a art studio there. Like, well, it was his room full of his stuff and then there was this room full of all this lordy and these masks and everything. And, and uh, yeah, I, I would think like this theater mask was the very first one he made. Nice. Even uh, even before his so own, he had some stuff, but th this was like a the the sort of like a proper lordy custom, and probably had some variations for for himself. And then when you seen it, what was it, what what did you think of the first iteration <laughs> of the costume? Right, it was great. It was scary. <laughs> As it was supposed to be, and uh, and well, I'm not that tall. Quite the contrary, actually. But I was yeah. wearing these very high high heels, like two yeah. centimeters or so, uh, and sort of wearing the full costume, the shoes and everything. Like it, it was sort of a, like when I was wearing that, I didn't, I I did feel like more like a cheese dealer than myself. Lordy of course would go on to create costumes for himself and other members in the band all the way up to this point in history as well as designing album covers, logos, pretty much everything you see in the band his hand has touched. However we still have to find out what the first iterations of his costume were like. There was kind of like two points of creation of or birth of Mr. Lordy's visual look. It was um, the first, of course, was the one that I only wore like a costume, not nothing as huge that it is, for example, get heavy or, you know, ever since, but, you know, yeah. but I had like, I had like more like a cyberpunk thingies with this black, glossy, surfaced like pads and tubes and wires and spikes okay. and studs and stuff like that right. but nothing on my face okay mm, that I, you know there's a, there's a bunch of pictures of, of, of me with on, on those first demos there's like a lot of them um, then this, the next phase was the actual like first Mr. Lordy mask, the 
blueprint of that actually came from one of those short films that we did years before that and okay. uh and it was a mask mask that i did for one of our little short films and and the and the actor who was playing this monster character there with this very unique design of the face was actually Kimmo Valtanen who later later on turned out to be our ceo at at Sony BMG and Sony right. you know okay. the fr- my friend you know so yeah. so he was wearing this mask and he was playing this character in one of our short films and so i always liked the design because the design was really unique and you know even though i'm like a fucking fungus i i i take influences and i'm not ashamed to admit them i mean i mean if i if i see freddy krueger and that looks cool so i try to make my own version of freddy krueger and so on and yeah. so on so on. but 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 there was something about this character called roy kottaja would probably would be translated as a hanger okay. like a, not hangman but like a, like somebody who hangs someone else you know okay. it was the basis of this character's face that would go on to provide the foundations of his mask which would be later built upon in 1997 and i remember i was living in in helsinki at that time so and i'm 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 living in my small one room flat which was 17 17 square meters tiny as fuck and and uh, uh, but i had my fucking all my you know kids collection at the time there with the pinball machine and everything i had everything there so it was like a small fucking cube of filled with stuff and myself and you know and and and, and underneath uh, under my um my bed my bed was like like on a balcony there right and and out of the balcony there was this little workspace that i did all the makeup stuff and i did the first costumes right there you know in 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 an area that is like less than two square meters this is like tiny yeah fucking place and i remember i actually remember vividly that the mask was there on the table and when i was and my lordy costume the first version of it was already like like probably half done or most of it was done and i started drawing something on the back of the cape and and i decided okay i'm going to just do like a visual like a more stylized version of my mask and that's how the lordy symbol came about so that okay. the, no, the, the so that uh so the painted logo of the lordy symbol on the back of the cape on get heavy and monster can dream that is the original drawing of it it's 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 that and 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 i have used that in graphics like even even on the on the on the on the new tour graphics i still use the same fucking you know it's it's that you know and and then then the different versions and the more more simplified versions of that you know later on but that mask is actually the lore symbol or the other way around the lore symbol is actually that first mask it, okay. if you if you start thinking about it it actually has the horns i mean that first lore mask it had you know all the horns on the side so i had the, that many horns there Right, okay. and, and 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 you can actually see where the beard would be where my mouth and beard would be and the nose and everything so that is basically a, like a stylized version of 
of that Lordy mask. This mask would not go on to become the Mr. Lordy face we know today, as according to Mr. Lordy, he believed it was too original and overdesigned for his character, and instead he would eventually take inspiration from the design of the Deadites in the Evil Dead franchise and Freddy Krueger of Nightmare on Elm Street, and of course with the influence of Kiss, Twisted Sister, Wasp, Alice Cooper and plenty of other bands, the demonic Leviathan character of Mr. Lordy was born. It could be said that the majority of Tommy's interests were now sandwiched into one package. Now, we must move on to the formation of the first lineup of the band. While G. Steeler had knew Mr. Lordy for quite a while before joining the band, the other members in the first lineup came to know him through Kiss Army Finland, which Lordy was the president of at the time. It was through his organising of a trip to Stockholm to see Kiss perform that the remaining members would come into the fold. I remember the first time something moved me and shaked me was Elvis Presley. I had a, a sea cassette for Christmas present and Kim Wilde sea cassette for some reason. And I loved those melodies and I loved the attitude of Elvis Presley. I never knew who was Elvis Presley, but I loved the rock and roll and like jailhouse rock. This is of course one of those people. Yeah, the rockabilly, rockabilly music was really close to me and it still is. Lordy's guitarist. Stray Cats, the rockabilly band, has a huge influence on me. As a, when I was 10 years old or something, I'm like, oh my god. And after that came ACDC and Kiss and you know, and then the Motley Crue way. <laughs> so, but yeah, that's how it started. Amen Ra. And when I was like, I think 1983, yeah, I was 11, 11, 12, 13, something like this. So, and then Kiss Animal Eyes album came out, and that was the last push for me. Like, uh, oh my God, I was, I was running out of the school back to home, and I was blasting out the Kiss Animal Eyes vinyl, and because nobody was home, and we had a huge speakers. <laughs> and I was Miro and no guitar and nothing and I was just trying to do Paul Stanley moves and it was like oh my god how can something be so good like Heavens on Fire or Tristan the Night oh my god Kiss in many ways is the key influence behind the band Lordy and it is what drew so many of its members past and present together I never wanted to be a guitar hero, okay. I'm not, <laughs> and I never wanted to be, uh, you know, uh, back in the days we, they called rhythm guitarist and solo or lead guitarist, you know, lead guitarist and rhythm guitarist you had them in your band. I was always like, what the fuck is that? I want to be a guitarist like uh, Malcolm Young, 
but I don't want to have any. I don't want to be in a spotlight, but okay. I have to make noise, and uh, I to make a noise for me was always like the priority number one because I I remember when I got my first electric guitar I was at my parents' house where I was living and when the girl next door the, from the next house was going to the school I was waiting for her and I opened the windows and I played my guitar it wasn't really playing but it was like making noise like few not even a chords but like a few sounds and she was walking by and she was turning her head <laughs> like what's going on over there and I felt I'm like yeah I got your attention and then I went to school and she came to me she was really pretty so was it you who was playing I'm like no I'm, I don't know I, I don't I don't I did I don't I was like what and then she said I thought that it was a radio and I'm like really <laughs> and I'm like wow so that was I always remember that feeling it was so the compliment you can never expect yeah the girl you are in not in love but you you are in like you like somebody really a lot as he walks by and you turn out your amps to your <laughs> to your window to the streets and she's like oh what's going on there and i always i always loved that attention like like uh, to make to make noise and like you said uh i guess i always wanted to be a rock star it was Amen's desire to be a rock star and to have a career band that would ultimately drive him to join Lordy. And when it came to joining Lordy, it was Kiss that provided that opportunity. As a small country Finland, it is not so surprised that even without social media or uh, you know these mobiles, nowadays or whatever, network, internet. Uh, it's not surprised that you find people who are on the same level as you are. Yeah. So I was talking with with Mr. Lordy like many years before I met him first time, and all talk was related to the kids. Okay. So uh, kids fans in Finland, yeah, kids fans like I don't know, twenty people, and Akita was one of them. Then Mr. Lordy was living in Lapland, and I was living in southern of Finland and it's 1,000 kilometers uh, right. you know, distance. Yeah. So, so then uh, kids happened to play in Stockholm, Sweden, yeah. and there was a organized trip from uh, 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 Kiss Army Finland was organizing uh, trips to there and Mr. Lori was kind of in charge of it and First time we met at the railway station, I still remember it. He looked so scary. <laughs> <laughs> All the litter and stuff and everything. And I'm like, oh my god, who's this guy? <laughs> so, uh, and it was 1996. And we went to Stockholm. And I don't know, the cruise is like 12 hours, 20 hours maybe. And we got along really well and as me and Mr. Lordy and two 
Gothenburg thing, we know each other really well. Uh, well, not really well, but uh, better. <laughs> and then we came back to Finland, and between 1996-97, Mr. Lorry moved from Lapland to southern part of Finland, and because he didn't, of course, he didn't know people around, so he called uh, to me and, you know, those guys, like, hey, I'm here now, and 1997, he asked me, like, so uh, I have a band, it's a crazy idea, but I think you will get it because you're a KISS fan, so uh, what do you think about this? And I, I was like, I'm in. I'm in. It was from this moment that Amen would become the guitarist of Lordi. Now came the design of his character and costume. And obviously, when I spoke to Mr. Lordi, he said that the first couple of ideas you had for your costume, or that the two of you had, was to be this almost like Texan zombie uh, yeah. petrol station guy. Um, but how. <laughs> what made that idea come to mind first? <laughs> you mean like a Texas? Yeah, how did that. Gas, gasoline. Yeah. Blaster, zombie, whatever. How did that evolve then into a mummy? Where did the mummy idea come from? It's it's also like brainstorming. It's, right, okay. it's just one of those. Uh, you know, I, I like YouTube, ancient YouTube things a lot. Uh, and maybe it's just, you know, the horror movies, mummies. Of course, we went through probably, I don't know, Dracula, you know, vampires, everything maybe. Yeah. But we throw it away like in a, in a second, no vampires, no, no, no that, no, no, no. But then mommy, somehow we both liked a mommy idea. It's just most likely brainstorming and 
games are cool. <laughs> so yeah. I remember when we were talking about something like like uh, that. If you have a mummy or a gas station chumbi or we even have a porn Caesar guy full of you know very leather pants and yeah. everything. So, so uh, that wasn't In 1997, with the lineup of Eamon on guitar, G Steeler on bass, Enery on the keyboard, and Lordy on vocals, Lordy and his Monster Squad would get an opportunity to record their first album. Just so you know, Enery came into the band nearly around the same time as Eamon and met them through Kiss Army Finland. However, she wasn't available for comment or participation in this series. I was already in Helsinki, and uh, I I applied for this like 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 this um, aid, this money for young people or whatever for for an uh, 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 for an album that you could. What's the fucking word? Like like a like an indie thingy that you 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 produce yourself, and you know you could apply money from the government or from from the youth, or like a grant or cultural. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay. And I got I got ten thousand Finnish marks or fifteen thousand Finnish marks, right. which was a big money at the time. So yeah. all right. So and then I I <coughs> because then there's the third line, the Kiss Army thing that I also started. Mm. Uh, you know, in the in the in the mid nineties. So I I that's how I got to got to know Sami, a magnum, yeah. you know, so, so, uh, I decided that I will, and, and magnum and his friends, they had a studio. So I decided, okay, I'm going to do the album there in their studio in Helsinki, actually Espo, which is a, which is a city next to, next to Helsinki. And, uh, and, uh, I, I got the confirmation that I will get the money, but they will pay it when the album is done and you get the, you know, you actually show them receipts and all that shit. So, so we started recording that, and then it just took so fucking long, and then blah 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 blah. Time ran out and all that stuff. So we were recording, bend over and pray the Lord. Then, yeah. uh, and then, then I I asked for like 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 uh, more time from the what the hell was it? The audiovisual blah 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 association something that that granted the money and they gave me two times they they give gave me the the the, the, the extra time for that okay. yeah 
Okay. But but then at some point they said, hey, listen, you just have to, you know, be able to already, you know, be able to, you know, put it out. Right. And uh, but it's, it it was still unfinished. And at the same time, in the studio that we were recording it, uh, uh, Magnum and his friend, they were like, okay you have spent quite a lot of time here already so and it's still not finished so what are we gonna do i mean yeah so then i called another friend who's actually also from rovanimi but lived in lived in uh, helsinki and we went to his studio to continue for another fucking year to nice. to to record that and, and try to and this was the time when there is no digital recording yet there there are some that that tapes but there's no there's no multi-channel you know digital recording so everything was on 24 track fucking reels yeah so it took a lot of time to actually get all those analog things in sync with each other with all those 13 or 14 songs and to do that so it took months and months to do that and then we could you know continue working on those and what happened was that, uh, that around the same time, or during the same time, I um, I met Arska, our uh, first manager, yeah. and who was uh, who was already a big shot in the music industry in Finland because he he had his own record company and his own band that was very successful in Finland, mm. and uh, so he, um, you know, got excited about Lori. He was the first one, like a first outsider who really understood the whole thing and he said well i want to i want to do this i want to you guys should be you know let's do this shit and then obviously i thought that 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 we would um go to his record label but he said no no we're full we're not big enough you know for this band you need to have a bigger you need to have a major label and uh so then at that moment he became our our um uh, manager and he, he started pushing us and trying to find us there uh, you know some contacts where you know we could actually you know <laughs> get, get the album out and get the band out you know yeah. and, and and funnily enough that my my right hand at that time it what it wasn't amen it wasn't enary it wasn't g stealer but it was magnum who, who was just my friend but he was so enthusiastic about the whole Lordy thing, even though he wasn't in the band, he was my right hand at the time. Like all okay. the time, like like we were. Uh, he was so excited about the whole thing, and he, you know, I. He's very important part of the whole Lordy thing in the beginning because I mean he, I, countless hours and we talked through the nights and we 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 were planning things and you know. So I used him as a mirror. You know, I've always had people that I use as a mirror when I just like blah 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 blah, yeah. and then I have uh, I have another person who's like, like either digging it or criticizing what I'm saying, and you know, so yeah, so much yeah. very much like 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 Janne Halmkrona or NR nowadays. Yeah. So it's like you know, I always needed, and and funnily enough, that person pretty much it has never been a person who has been an, you know my fellow bandmate. It has always been an outsider for me. It's, it, okay. For some reason, it's always I, I need a, need need somebody who's like not in the band yeah. to have this. It was Bill Lockhoin for some time, and you know. But anyway, getting back to the <laughs> getting back to the band of our predator. So so he decided <laughs> that he's gonna form like a, like like another label under his already existing record label. I mean, Arska, our 
manager at yeah. the time. And, and then he got a guy who was working for him and he wanted to you know, start this rock or metal label. And, uh, and he said, uh, all right, and everything looked clear. Everything looked cool. There was no, you know, there was not a cloud in the sky. Everything looked well. And we finished the album, I mean, the recordings of it. And then, then I had that, the, the, I, I did the, the, the graphics for the booklet. And, and this is what literally happened. I went with the, with the plastic bag with these CDRs uh, in the plastic bag, which 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 have the the album master and it has uh, it has the, uh, all, all the graphics and everything, and am I I'm grabbing my hand to the handle of the door of the printing place, and my 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 phone rings and I'm like okay what is that and that's that's the guy uh, with the new record label and he goes are you are you there at the printing place yet I said like, yeah I'm just stepping in don't go. Uh, we're bankrupt. We're, we we cannot do it. Oh. So don't don't. And I'm like really. And that was like exactly the moment that I was on the fucking steps there when he called. And I never I never entered. So <laughs> so then it was like 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 the like from the from the highest clouds you fucking drop down like like million million miles down to hell. You know like yeah. like the the the, the, the Depression struck me like a light. Like no fucking way, this can't be happening. It would take 15 years for fans to eventually hear "Bend Over and Pray the Lord," which was part of the 10th anniversary box set released in 2012 called Scarchives Volume One. And it wasn't for another seven years after 1995, and with numerous changes of members that Lordy would be signed to a record label and release their first album. But that is what we'll discuss next time. I'm Matthew Kessie and Monsters of Rock The Lordy Story is a true metal podcast production. I'd like to thank Lordy, Amen and G-Stealer for their time, insights and kindness to the show. And please head over to True Metal Podcast's Instagram page to see the photo library for this episode.